Amen. Aren't you glad that we can go to God any time, any place, and call upon Him? You don't even have to be in church on Sundays. I'm thankful that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that He would hear us at any time. And especially when we go through a lot of crises, we have a lot of. Seems like this week there's been a lot of loss. Amen. Just with families, and I know with uh, the Gibson family, and then uh, Christy wasn't your grandma, and Rick's grandpa, and just seems like a season of loss. And even the Weatherfords going through what they're going through, it, it causes a lot of time to look and see where our faith is at. Amen. During them times of uh, in the storms of life of what is the object of our faith. And I'm going to preach again on faith that rocks. And what better time that you really get to see what your faith is in is when you're going through the hard things. Amen. It's easy on Sunday morning to sit in here and say we have faith in Jesus. Amen. We're sitting here singing worship. I mean, just excited to worship Jesus Christ. But then something happens to us during the week to really test our faith. And see what our faith is, is really in, the object of our faith. I love this saying. Hudson Taylor was a missionary in China and he, he wrote these words. Not a, it's not about great faith we need, but faith in a great God. And it's not about faith in faith and it's not about faith in objects and it's not about faith in the church or the job or material things, but what is the object of your faith this morning? Where is your faith at? What's it placed in? That really reveals where we're at in our walk with Jesus Christ. By the objects. You know, as I speak of faith, I was watching when y'all came in. Nobody come up to me before services while you was coming in and said, Brother George, can I sit in this chair? It don't look sturdy. You think it'll hold me? Nobody asked me. Y'all came right on in, sit down in these chairs and was ready to worship. Not, didn't even take a second. Didn't even think about what that chair going to hold you. You just flopped down in it. Amen? And sometimes we think it's so hard to trust God. And we trust so many material things every day. We trust so many material things that, that doesn't have our best interests. That doesn't want us to succeed and, and see where God and bless us. These things don't care. But God our Father does. Amen? And I love that verse in, in Hebrews, Tina. I'm going to start off with it. I love that verse in Hebrews where it talks about this race that we run. Paul is, I believe it's Paul writing Hebrews. Is, the writer of Hebrews is speaking about the race and, and how we got to set some things aside to be able to run the race. We get weighted down in life. How many of you ever get weighted down? And we have to set aside some things, uh, things that are weighting us down. And in our faith, it says, Therefore we also, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now here's the key. The next verse is the key to your faith. Looking unto who? Jesus. Jesus. It didn't say look into the church, look into the preacher, look into your boss, look into your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, spouse. He didn't say that. He said look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Our faith begins with Jesus Christ and it ends with Jesus Christ. 
When we take, when we're born and we come into this life and we walk by faith and we get a relationship with Jesus and we live this life no matter how many years it is until we take our last breath. We end it in faith in Christ. But it doesn't end when we take that last... Our faith doesn't end. Our faith is eternal. Amen? It's in that relationship with Jesus Christ that we get to live eternally with Him through faith in Jesus Christ. He's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end of all things. It says, For the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Now this is tough. How do you have joy in the middle of a crisis? How do you have joy in the middle of hard times when where it's marriage problems, financial, uh, just whatever it may be? How do you have joy in that? How do you have joy in the passing or a death? And, and, I, and I get to preach a lot of funerals and be around a lot of people. Let me tell you, it's a whole lot easier when you preach a funeral and that person has a relationship with Jesus Christ. It, it's a whole new outlook on the family that's sitting out there. Because a family that comes in and their faith was in material things and they may have the best jobs. And I've done a lot of funerals where people's had good jobs, Tim, and great material things. And, 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 and looking through this world's eyes, they had it all. But when I get behind that pulpit to preach a funeral, Jesus strips it all down. And there's only one thing that matters and that's our faith in Jesus Christ. Because that's what's going to live eternally. That's where we're going to spend and live eternally is our faith that is in Jesus Christ. And so I look back and I say, well, how can he say the joy for the cross? Jesus Christ had joy. Joy in that cross of going and giving his life for you and for me to have joy that we may have eternal life. I don't know about y'all, but if it's going to hurt, I'm not, I don't have a lot of joy in it. I don't like going to doctors. Amen. And when they say they got to give me a shot or an IV, I don't have joy. You know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stick me hard. Amen. How many of y'all do that? I just say, thank you, Jesus. Let him hit it the first time. Amen. Amen. But despising the shame that he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ, he counted it joy. Even though he knew the heartache that he was going to go through, the pain, the suffering that he was going to go through for each and every one of us, he counted it joy to know that he was going to be the one-time sacrificial gift that was going to give every one of us eternal life. Through the cross, he counted it joy. And sometimes that's hard to have joy in the middle of heartaches. You know, I don't know anybody that, that goes through a death, a death or through a marriage problem or through a crisis that is smiling. What's wrong with you? i got joy in Jesus. Joy is inside of them. It's okay to hurt on the outside. Amen? People think that Christians that pass away shouldn't cry. <laughs> I like to know what planet they're from. Amen? But we still have a joy on the inside. And that's what I'm going to preach when I preach Brother Lee's this, uh, this week. Yes, we miss our loved ones and we miss the ones that are going on, but we have a special joy inside of us of knowing that one day we'll be reunited. Amen. You say, well, that don't help me right now. Hey, He can be your peace, He can be your buckler, and He can be your shield right now, but you've got to put your faith in the object of Jesus Christ and not the things of this world. 
He, listen, there comes a point in our walk that Jesus wants all of us, not just part of us. That's right. He wants your heart, not just a Sunday morning, go together in a building. He wants you. And sometimes I think Jesus looks at us in our faith and says, Are you all in? Because we all have weak faith. Amen? How many think you have weak faith? We all, to a certain extent, have weak faith. But, the majority, I told the class this morning, the majority of the people that come to Jesus had weak faith. Now there was one that come to Jesus called a centurion, and he said, Jesus, can you come heal my servant? I think it's Luke chapter 7, and Jesus stood and said, but he said, Don't, I'm unworthy for you to come into my house and under my roof. You, Jesus, I know you're a man of authority and power. You speak the words right here, and at once my servant can be healed. And he spoke the words from miles away, or he could have. He went on to his house, but he could have spoke it ten miles away and his servant would have been healed. Jesus, when he heard that faith, he said, I have not seen so great a faith in all of Israel. And he pointed to this man and his disciples, his church-going buddies, that are with him every day. They had weak faith. They could not believe that. And so many times we can go to church every Sunday and hear preaching every Sunday, but we too, we come to Christ with weak faith. But that's okay. Christ wants us to learn so we can grow from level to level in our faith. Everybody in here at times has a weak faith. You say, I don't, Brother George. I got strong faith. If it is, you probably got faith in you and not looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. That word means fixing your eyes upon something. It means to look away from here and to look to this. And, and, it, and it can go right in your marriage. It can go in problems in life, the crisis you're in. Do we ever have faith to take our eyes off of that and look to Jesus Christ? That's what that word means. Fix your eyes. Look away from the problem and look at Jesus. Some of us never get our eyes off the problem to be able to look to the cross and to look to Jesus to get peace and to get joy and to get comfort and, and for Jesus to feel like a buckler and a shield and the light of my salvation and the strength. Some of us always stay focused on the problem and we still try to pray to Jesus and look at the problem. And sometimes you've got to step away from whatever problem, whatever crisis you're in, you've got to fix your eyes upon Him and put the world out. All the voices, what anybody's trying to tell you. Listen, there's times when I've got to lead and make decisions, and I love everybody in this church, but I can't listen to you. And it may not look like it's the best direction for you. Well, that George Vincent's crazy. He's doing this. Listen, there's times I've got to take my eyes off the church body and look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Well, Brother George, we got boards around here. I know, but He's my author and finisher of my faith. Amen. And there's times when nobody can help me but Jesus Christ and me. There's no church that can help me. There's no, there's no people. There's no friends. Sometimes all I got is my faith in Jesus Christ. But we all have weak faith. But Jesus said, that's okay. I'm glad He don't condemn us. Because if all of us got condemned from having little or no faith, this place would be empty today. 
Maybe a few here and there. Faith is not faith in some in itself. Alright? Faith is not faith in itself. Faith is not faith is not in an object. Biblical faith that, that you hear talked about, true biblical faith is a faith in the our object has to become Jesus Christ. And and, and I'm trying to drill this in, not just today. I mean, a lot of us woke up with big faith this morning. Because it's Sunday morning. Faith day. Amen? Boy, y'all felt like a million dollars when you got up back. Can't wait to go worship Jesus. It's Sunday. Faith day. What about Wednesday when the devil in hell comes a-barking? It's still faith day. Faith. It's still faith. You know, let's go to Mark. I want to read. I want to show you little or no faith. Mark chapter 4. Y'all have heard this story. The disciples in the boat. Jesus is not worried about a storm. They're in a hurricane comes up. Almost like a monsoon. I mean, just hurricane winds come up. Jesus isn't really worried about the weather. He knew that, he knew that storm was going to take place. And the Bible says that Jesus went and went to sleep. How many of y'all like sleeping through storms? <laughs> You're crazy. Do not sleep through bad storms. You say, well, you're faint ain't in Jesus. No, I'm just scared of lightning. <laughs> Amen. I, I remember one day I was talking with Tommy Sorrells. And we was out at his house. And me and Melvin was fixing to move in where we're moving in now. And I had to get some, some uh, special uh, applications and things to, to be able to get my sewer and different things going. And I went to talk to the man that was over it. And it was Tommy Sorrells. And so as I went to talk to him, we were standing out in his yard. And all of a sudden, it was getting dark all around us. But lightning just, boom! Woke all them badness up in the back right then. <laughs> and it just, boom! And Tommy said, can we go inside and talk about this? And I said, why? He said, I hate storms. Well, I, I, and I, I knew his background. I said, yeah, we can go into it. It's understandable. When he was young, Miss Charlene probably knows, when Tommy was young, they were over on 270, they were outside a barn, him and uh, another lady called Miss Gladys Cunningham that lives by me, her son, they were out there standing outside of a barn. Lightning hit the tree way over there, but the roots went in and up and in and up out of the ground. It shot Tommy plumb across onto the belt buckle, burned his stomach, and his watch burned his wrist. And it killed the other man. Took his life. So he said, I'm kind of scared of lightning. And it's hard to say, it's hard to say to look and say, have faith. Why does God leave one and take another? Why does God allow babies to die at birth with cancer at two and three and four years old? And some, the most hatefulest people out there live, you can't kill them, Amen. <laughs> I mean, they're terrible. And some of the sweetest people in the world, it seems like they get taken. <laughs> it was still good. It just, you know, you got, you got murderers in the prisons. This one guy cracks me up that I always see that has the little Nazi thing on his forehead. and Charles Manson. You know, I've seen many, many other people. To me, it seemed like they went before their time. 
But God has His own timing. Amen? And we need to remember that when we're having faith in our crisis that, listen, God's going to get the glory. We may not be able to see it today, but He is going to get the glory for it. Look at this. In in Mark 4. What's the next verse say? I don't think I started it on my... No, I didn't. Let me see if that's what I give you. That was my fault. I give her the wrong one. Let's go to verse... I'm going to go ahead and read. Look, I hope you got your Bible. See, this is where you need to bring your Bible because I do make mistakes. <laughs> every once every ten years. In verse 36, it's now when they had left the multitude, they took Him along in the boat as He was, and the other little boats were also with Him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that, there was, that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him. They're talking about Jesus. And they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he turned and he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have what? No faith. I mean, Jesus really could have threw the book at them right here. Guys, you've watched me do miracle after miracle after miracle, and now that we're in the boat together, now we're in a storm together, it's okay as long as you're watching a miracle, but now the miracle has to happen in your life. It's okay to tell other people to have faith, but sometimes we've got to learn to get faith in Christ ourselves. It's very easy. You just need faith. And by the way, if you don't have faith, don't go run around telling people, well, you didn't have enough faith, that's why you wasn't healed. That, that's wrong. True biblical faith is in Jesus Christ, but sometimes bad things happen to the greatest people I know. That wasn't out of the will of God. We're right smack dab in the middle of God's will, and bad things happen to them. And they, they looked around and said, and these are fishermen. I mean, these guys know how to handle boats. They turned around and said, but at least they had just enough, a little faith. If I could have been there, if we could have been there watching this, they probably paddled they got tired and said, well, now let's try to let Jesus fix it. Amen? We do that a lot in our own problems, in our own crisis. We paddle, we try to get the boat to the shore, we try to get through that storm, and then... Well, I can't do it now. I guess I'll have to let Christ try something. I hope He can do it. Amen? How many of y'all do that in your own everyday life? I mean, we paddle and we try and they finally said, we're about to die. We've got to do something. Call Jesus. Jesus comes up and... I mean, wind is just blowing like hurricane. He goes, what's the problem, guys? I'm sleeping. Jesus, we're going to die. He says, oh, man, hold up. We're going to finish this conversation. Peace, be still, and all the storm and authority in the name of Jesus quieten down a little bit. And I believe it just got quiet. Now he comes back and says, now, that's fixed. Uh, What was you saying? (laughs) We were about to die. Jesus says, It's calm around here. 
He says, why? You've been with me all these years. You see me do miracle after miracle, parable after parable, teaching after teaching. You've been to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And you still have very little faith. And Jesus says, you know guys why you got such little faith? Is I don't care you've been to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but faith is about me. Faith is your object of your faith has to be in Jesus Christ. I'm fixing to hurt some good feelings here. It's not about your denomination. Listen, if you got all your faith in your denomination, your faith is in the wrong thing. Amen. Amen. I mean, I got some Baptists that they would die for their Baptist denomination, and that's fine. I know Pentecostals that would die for their denomination. Assembly of God, Presbyterians, and that's great. But it's all about them. It's got to be about Him. Him. You've got your object of your faith has to be grounded in Jesus Christ. Your relationship, your walk every day has to be grounded. Strip everything down. All of your jobs, worldly possessions, houses, farms, kids, relationships. It's all you've got to look unto the finisher and the author of your faith. If we don't look to the author and finisher first, everything else is sinking sand. You're going to struggle your whole life. Amen? Seems like you're going to be out of the frying pan into another one. I mean, out of one problem into the next. But God is trying to grow us up and take us from level to level to faith. A faith to to get around them problems. It's kind of like, let's just say, can I use you for an example? I'm not going to get you up. Oh, you can sit here. Mr. Bradshaw here. Say he's from Alaska. All right? I'm going on a trip. And, I, and I, I'm going on a vacation. Me and Melvin, we're going to Alaska. I love it. Melvin, Melvin's going, hey, man. <laughs> Usher's standing back. We're taking a love offer as soon as church is over. <laughs> but we're going to Alaska. We're going to have fun. I mean, man, first thing I, I want to do is we get up there and anybody knows about Alaska, Alaska's cold. You ever seen them reality shows, Alaskan, The Last Frontier and Wild Alaska and all that? But I go up there. Mr. Bradshaw's there and he says, well, man, Brother George, I'm going to take you out ice fishing. I said, great, I, I would love to, but... And I follow him up to the edge and he said, we're going down here to this lake that I know. He said, it's a real good... Real good fishing place here. And he says, you know, and, and he just walks right off the land, right onto the water and starts walking to this little house out there. And I'm going, look at this guy. He didn't even look. He just took off and walked right on the ice and took right off walking that fishing house way out there in the middle. Here's what I would do, because I'm from Arkansas. And even though Mr. Bradshaw just kept on walking... Man, I'd step out and I'd be going. Because what I'm doing is I'm looking for cracks. Amen? I mean, I see cracks, I'm getting back to the bank. And I'm walking like this here. And this is the difference of his faith and my... Man, he didn't... He just... Hey, come on, let's go. We're going, I'm going to show you some big ones, Brother George. And here he is, he gets out and he goes, Come on, Brother George. And I'm going, I'm coming. I'm just taking my time. 
Like, tippy-toeing's going to take off about 20 pounds. Amen? And so, I get out there, but the further I walk, I see that there's no cracks, and it's pretty solid. And I get a little bolder, and I started, you know, I start getting a little more relaxed. And so I go to him, we finally get in the house, we have a great day of fishing. We catch a lot of fish, and I have somebody come and pick me up, and as we leave, and I got my fish, man, I'm all excited. I get in the truck, and I said, man, that was great doing that ice fishing, but man, he is bold. I mean, he walked right off the bank, right onto the ice, and didn't even look back. How can he do that? And, uh, you know, and the guy that's with me says, he lives around here, he knows these lakes, he's lived here all of his life. That's the same truth. That's why we do not have faith in the church and as Christians. Is The reason we don't have faith is, is a lot of us really don't know who Jesus is. We've had faith in the church and faith in the music and faith in the preacher, faith in our denominations, but when it's stripped down, a lot of us walk through life tippy-toeing. Because we really, our faith is really in something else and not Jesus. Your faith grows by how much you really know God. Really know Jesus Christ. I could care less about what the bylaws are in your church and this church and all this. If the Bible is not the ultimate word, none of that matters. Now also, we cannot have faith in God and not have faith in His Word. Amen? I don't know anybody that can worship God and say, I, don't, I love Jesus, but I don't really believe all that book. Remember, remember the saying, a man's word? How's that go? A man is only good as his word. A man is only good as his word. Boy, we need that up in Congress, don't we? <laughs> we need that in society. Can you believe they used to make deals by doing this? You don't handshake today, you better get a lawyer. Amen? There is no deals just going down on hand. But with God, it's different. What? Listen, God says, God's Word describes His character. God is love. He is faithful. It's His character. His Word describes who He is. So when I really know God, when I really know Jesus, I really know His character that He'll never forsake me or never leave me. I will know that even no matter what happens to me in this life, for me to die is gain. Amen? No matter what state I'm in, whether I'm hungry or I've got a lot or I've got a lot of clothes or very little clothes, where I've got a lot of food on the table or not, whatever state I find myself in, whatever season of life I'm in, I find myself content. And that's hard to find a content people. Amen? Husbands, I give you a chance to say amen and holler at the end and you missed it. It is tough to find a society that's content with what they have. Because soon as we see a car or a boat or a plane or whatever, for us, for me, it's hunting stuff. But whatever goes by, man, i got to have that. That's cool, isn't it? My house and barns are full of them. 
Amen? My barn is full. But i got to have that new thing. And God sometimes says, won't you just be content with what you have? Be content to worship me and to live by faith. Just Jesus. You ain't got to have all the hoopla and all the, you know. Church, we've stripped church down. If we don't have smoke and lights and everything. And I'm not against all that. I love going to concerts where they're there. But if we don't have all this stuff just right, we can't worship. Amen? When you strip all of our faith down to Jesus, we don't need to play a note and we can be on our knees at the altars worshiping. Before a word is even preached on Sundays, we can worship. Before a song is ever played, we can worship. But it's all about what is our faith in? What's the object? And the hardest lesson to learn, the hardest thing, and I'm going to close with these two deals, to learn about faith in God, and I've had to learn this over my life, and, and, and especially since Hunter's being born, and just growing up in church, being a Christian, you know, since I, I've been saved since I was 10 years old, and a lot of our kids are that way in here, been in church all, it's very easy to be in church all your life, and become dull of hearing. Because you hear it every week. Amen? I grew up in church every day, every Sunday. I knew what Jesus did for me. I knew all that. But I never really walked by faith until I grew up to be married in Mevlin. We had her. Then I learned what faith was about. Most of it because I was living on my mom and daddy's faith. And I would do whatever they said and believe whatever they said to believe. But when I grew up, Paul said when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. I'm not saying I disrespected my parents and I don't till today. My dad would still try to whoop me if I'd let him. Amen, Archie? He ain't catching me. But I still have respect to him no matter where I'm at. I don't care if we're out in the field. He said, he told me something and tried to correct me. I wasn't going to turn around and smart mouth him. Not that when I'm 45, I'll do what I want. I've just always had respect for him. Me, we've been very fortunate. Me and my dad has never got into any altercation between a father and a son. Never. I was smart enough to have faith that he could... Whoop my blessed assurance. Amen. And I didn't want to test the waters. Amen. Peace. But I had respect for him. Even all my life, even today, I wouldn't go in. Even if we didn't believe on the same eye to eye, I'm not going to holler and fight about it. Amen. Too much respect there. But I have grew up knowing that when I was a child and I became a man, I'm talking about spiritually now speaking and growing up, that there's a lot of things I believe just because the Sunday school teacher told me. Or this person in church told me this is just how it is. Until God calls me to preach and I get in His Word and I'm reading things and doing things and I'm thinking... 
this don't line up with what I say. But you know what? We got masses and groves of churches having church Sunday after Sunday on what they've been told instead of getting, stepping out by faith, open up the Word and see if it reveals truly God's character. I have heard some people in some churches, Baptists, Assemblies, Pentecost, all of them, say that, well, Pentecost are going to heaven, Baptists are going to heaven, everybody else is going to hell. They're not the real thing. I have heard them say that. Heard them. And that is wrong. The Bible said Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through faith in me. That's why I think heaven will be so great when we get up there. It won't be about music. It won't be about a nomination. It won't be about how big your church is or how small it is or how long you preach. It'll be about, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? It's going to be all about Him. But why can't we get a little heaven? Down here in our churches today, Satan might not be winning. Amen? When it's all about Jesus, he can't win. But the hardest thing to learn is walking with God is to accept God's will even when, no matter what's happening, to accept God's will for what it is. That's the hardest thing to accept is God's will. Well, Brother George, I'll accept it as long as uh, my prayers are being answered. I bet you will. Oh, Brother George, I'll accept His will if my children are healed, my husband's healed, my family's healed. I will accept it to be God's will. I will accept it to be God's will if I get a good job. Listen, it's God's will plus nothing. It's not God's will plus, does He bless me? Does He give me a good job? Does He always keep me on the mountain? It's God's will plus Jesus. Just Him. And it's hard to explain. Why does... And it's hard to explain God's will. Me and Mevlin had that when Hunter was born. There was thousands of babies every year being neglected and thrown. They would have a baby out in the street and go toss it in a trash can. We would have loved to have that baby because we couldn't have one. And I believe Mevlin asked that question. says, why can we not have a baby when they're throwing them in trash cans? Amen? But now we see why. But I had to have faith in Jesus. If I'd accepted that to be all it was in life, this is all that Jesus was, we never would have had Hunter. Would have never been preaching today. Some of y'all saying, thank God. We may not have listened to him for 45 minutes. We could have had a shorter preacher. A 15 minute. That would be nice to get out of here one day early, wouldn't it? But accepting the will of God for what it is. We love to accept God's will as long as it benefits us. But we don't when it hurts us. Or we think it it really... God, listen, God ultimately knows what's best for us. He's sovereign. He's all-present, all-knowing. He knows at this present time you may be hurting. But in ten years, you may say, Wow, I'm glad my faith's in Christ. Because I could never get myself where I need to be. Why? Why does the people have cancer? Been up here all week. Me and Brother Doug's been there. 
weeks now visiting families and it's the, it's the cruelest thing in the world to go visit people that are being attacked by cancer and watch their body go and shrivel and shrivel and shrivel till they're gone. Why does God save some and leave the others? You know, why do I have to go through death? Why do I got to go through this divorce? Why am I going through things with my teenagers? Amen? I hope y'all have these problems too, or is it just me? If not, y'all come on and eat dinner with me and show me, give me your parenting book and let me read it. Amen? Because we live in a world that's full of sin. In a world that wants us to put all of its faith in it. And not in Jesus. And, and the second thing is, the hardest thing for Christians to do walking in faith is just to believe God's Word says what it says. That is getting harder and harder to find in this society and in church. You can argue with it. You can deny it. You can walk circles around it. You can, you can water it down. You can make excuses for it. It is what it is. Whatever it says, it says. Amen? I really wonder sometimes, including myself, how many times we really believe it says what it says. Because I think if we did, our lives would probably be different. Amen? And our walk would probably be different if we really knew what it says. But when we really believe what it says, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will make alive that Word of God inside of us. See, that's why you know God's Word and God's character go together. Is because when you read God's Word, something jumps up in your spirit. You're sitting back here now saying, Oh, Brother George, that don't happen to me. You need to check your heart then. Because if you're in God's Word very long, it's going to jump up and show you something. It's going to convict. It's going to move. It's going to stir. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to raise up a calling in your heart. It's going to do something if you read it. It's going to speak back to you. But maybe that's where we're at as a church today. We get a lot of head knowledge, but not a lot of speaking knowledge. You know, it's more than just knowing a bunch of verses. Amen? It's more than just knowing. A... Seminaries are for that. Seminaries will teach you a lot about God's Word, but you've got to have faith in Christ to be able to live it out and walk in life with it and apply it. Amen? I'm going to end with this story here. I usually don't do this, but I just thought it was so good story of faith because this is how we are every day in our life. There was a man walking and he fell over the edge of a cliff and he fell about 25, 30 feet and he caught onto a vine. And he looked down and there's 200 feet to, to nothing but rocks down below him. And all he could do is stand there and just scream out, Help! Help me! Help me! Somebody! Up there, help! Well, a voice from above him said, This is God. Do you believe I can save you? Yes, please help me, save me. Do you believe I got the power to save you? Yes, please just save me. I'm going to fall 200 feet to my life. I'm going to die. Help me. Do you believe I am the one true God and can save you? Yes, yes, I believe the voice. He said, Then let go. You know what he did? Is there anybody else up there that can help me? <laughs> See, we do it every day. Every day, that's how we live our Christian life. We trust God, we love God, 
until we get to services like this and, and, and places in our lives. Now listen, God allows us to go through crises and seasons in our life and certain hardships, the good and the bad, but when we're going through a storm, He wants us to finally let go because He knows our faith is in the world. It's in me. It's in myself. It's in my family, my church. He's saying, if you're ever going to get anywhere, you've got to let go and have faith in just me. That I'm going to be the source to all your troubles. I'm going to solve everything. It may not be in your timing, but I see your future and you're blessed. Is God asking you to let go this morning? Maybe you're, you say, Brother George, I just want to get deeper with Jesus. I want to get deep. We've got to let go of some stuff. We can't go around and hold everything. You know, we can't give everything in the world we got in our lives, our relationship, our job, our hobbies. And we cannot put it all in equal with Jesus. It can't be equal with Him. We've got sometimes to truly know who Jesus is, we've got to look away from all that stuff and look and keep our focus, our eyes on Jesus. Look away and look to the author and finisher of our faith. Amen? You say, Brother George, everything's going good for me right now. Well, that's great. But you know what? It's a slippery slope. And there's going to be a valley. The jobs we have... Now listen, guys, think about this. The jobs you have, the money you have... You say, well, I don't got a lot. You got money. <laughs> you got a household. You got a roof over your head. You got a job. You got a family. It's not all about getting rich and living happily ever after. It, listen, it doesn't matter. We can all sell our souls and die and go to hell. It's not about material things and what we got. It's about faith in Jesus. Believe me, I've never preached a funeral. Never preached a funeral. Well, the family's wondering about, man, he had good stuff. I wonder what he's going to do with that stuff. How's he going to... That never was an issue when we took their last breath. The issue is, I wonder if he knew Jesus Christ as his Savior. That's the number one question asked at most funerals. Did they know Jesus? That's what I'm asked. I'll, you know, nobody else says, boy, that's a nice car he's got. <laughs> Did he know Jesus? Because that's the object of our faith. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, help us in our faith. Help us have a faith that rocks, Lord. But Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you during the troubles and during the storms and during the crises. Lord, who's the first person we turn to? And there will have to be a process of letting go. We will have to let go of some stuff and put all of our faith in you. And that means even when we can't see the future, see what happens, we've still got to let go and let God. That's why the Bible says, walk by faith and not sight. Our faith will never be sight until we're in heaven. And we see Jesus face to face. Then it will become sight. But while we're on this earth, we have to walk and trust in Jesus. And, and, and the more you trust Him, how you trust Him more is the more you know God. The more you have an intimate relationship with Him is the more that you'll be able to trust Him. Lord, I, I pray that You would teach us, take our church from another level of faith to another level, to another level from glory to glory. Raise our faith, build our faith, strengthen our faith in You, Lord. But first, teach us to let go and to let God. Lord, we love you this morning. Have your way in this service. Comfort all the families that are going through hardships in our church. Lord, I pray that you would just 
Lord, all the ones that have deaths this last week in our church. Lord, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them and comfort them the only way that you can to bring them peace that passes all understanding. To let them know they're loved by you. Even when our faith is weak, Lord, you love us. Lord, there's some going in for surgeries this week. Lord, I pray that you put your hand upon them. There's some that are waiting for doctor reports. There's some that are waiting for news, Lord. But I pray whatever the news is, that our eyes will be focused on you this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's all stand quietly. Won't you come this morning? Are you having problems letting go in some areas of your walk with God? Are you still wanting to hold on and hold on to God? You'll always be fighting a battle. You'll always be struggling. You'll never have no peace. You'll never have no true joy in your Savior, Jesus Christ, in your relationship until you let go and let God this morning. Have you been worried about some things in your life, in your home? Won't you come and fix your eyes off the problem and on to Jesus this morning?